Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in the world. We hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Susan Freeman. So first, let me thank you, Susan, for joining us and sharing your story and your experiences and all of your ideas. Well, thanks, Christy. So glad to be here. I am grateful that you invited me. Absolutely. Well, you are kind of my inspiration for starting the podcast in the first place. So now I think it's about time we get you on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm used to being behind the scenes. So it's really uh, interesting for me to be in the hot seat today. I know. Well, I hope I do as good of a job for you as you did for me, for sure. Um, (laughs) So let's dive right in. Um, So tell us a little bit about you. And this can be pretty much anything you feel like sharing, whether it's your occupation, your childhood, your community involvement, whatever it is. Well, I have to say, um, I once had a therapist who told me that all of his patients had a book. Um, but I had quite the series, so I don't think we want to go all the way back, but I'll tell you everything I've been through has got me where I am. So I live with no regret. Um, you know, win or learn, never lose. That's been my motto since oh, I, I could love speak. that. Yeah. Um, lots mm-hmm. of challenges, none of which were in my control, but they've made me a whole and better person. Um, I imagine than I might've mm-hmm. been had I not gone through those experiences, but where I am today professionally is I own my own business. It was quite successful until the age of coronavirus. So we'll see how yeah. that shakes out. I know everybody's going through a little something and some are going oh, yeah. through bigger somethings. Um, but for me, a, a personal life, you know, event was what prompted my opening my own business. So I ended up moving my mother from Louisiana to California to care for her. She has Alzheimer's. And that was such a sucker punch. Like I emotionally, physically, spiritually, intellectually was not prepared. I had no Mm. idea what I was in for. Um, But the good thing that came of it uh, is not the 50 pounds that I gained, (laughs) but but is instead the business that I now own and operate. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one way to look at things, you know, find the lesson in it. The purpose in your life is to find the lesson in the good and the bad. And for those of you um, who know me, you know that I'm not a religious person at all, but I'll say this great saying stuck with me for years. Something someone said to me years ago, um, God takes us through rough and deep waters, not to drown us, but to cleanse us. Um, I thought that was super powerful and provocative. And again, I'm not even a religious person and it moved me. So that's, I'm squeaky clean sister. (laughs) Um, That's awesome. (laughs) It's a a great perspective. It's a really positive outlook. Yeah. I've been in the car wash for humans, (laughs) (laughs) but um, I'll say the business that I do now is really something that's, um, different than anything I have ever else uh, ever have done uh, in my life before. Um, I have always worked for professional services. I've been senior level in financial services and in legal, but what I do now really speaks to that, which is most important to me is equity in the workplace. So the things that I do 
uh, involve lifting other women, shining a light on other women in business and those who are allies in our fight for equity. So I have a lot of men on my show as well. I host a podcast. That's one thing I do for giving. I host major events across the country. Um, They're called Bubbles, Bites, and Bits of Wisdom. Some are private label events at larger corporations, and they have me travel the globe to each of their offices and host these meaningful events. Others are communal, where anyone in the community can attend. They pay to come. Um, I, I tried to do this on my own in the beginning and it worked and then I started to get sponsors and then it grew. And then my part of this project became so uh, overwhelming. It was almost like I bit off more than I could choose. So the lesson learned there was to private label it and get companies to pay for it. So that's what I do now. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also do a lot of career coaching and I do a lot of business development, marketing and communications, best practices for people in professional services. And now I'm expanding outside of that as well. I've gotten a lot of clients who come to me and say, I attended this event where you were um, on the stage. That's what got me doing this. I said, you know, why not help others learn how to listen? Why not teach others how to communicate effectively? Why not make men understand that when a woman asks for input, seeks feedback, includes her team, collaborates with others, that she is not weak. She is not indecisive. She is not seeking validation, but she is instead an incredible transformational leader. And yes, you bet your bottom dollar she deserves the pay raise and the new title. Mm -hmm. Uh, But oftentimes men who have traditionally led hierarchically will not see those as leadership traits, and they are. So I teach men, hey, yeah. that's a plus, not a minus. Yeah. yeah, that old mindset of asking for help equates to admitting weakness instead of equating it to valuing the additions of others and what they bring to the table. Spot on, and creating, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I trust me. I used to suffer from that whole, I can't ask for help. I can't let them know that I'm drowning. But that's because the operating system within which we work taught you to feel that way. Um, Exactly. And and I try to make certain that the men in the room, especially white men over 50, don't feel like I'm throwing them under the bus. I explained that this is just human condition, considering that all Mm -hmm. operating systems were, in fact, in this country, created by white men over 50 usually, Mm -hmm. and mostly wealthy. Um, So if you're a woman or another minority, you struggle to navigate within that operating system. So when I teach men and women the differences in how we communicate verbally and non-verbally, the bells and whistles go off and they're like, aha, that makes sense. I get it. And then I said, well, now that you know how we got to where we are, you must um, understand that there are, you know, there's hard work to be done. There are things you have to do to get us where we need to be and they have to commit. Yeah, of course. At least if you're in in a group, you have to commit (laughs) to making change. Well, of course. Well, I think, but wouldn't, aren't they more receptive to that idea once you put it in in that context? Exactly. I lay that foundation because it's not a threat. Correct. And I tell them, I said, look, we're not here to throw you under the bus. This is not a me too movement. You know, this is, we're here to talk about equity in the workplace and why have men and women who are entering the workforce at the same rate, why have women not moved up the ladder? Why have women been overlooked for the raise of the promotion of the pay? And the, and the example I just gave you about Mm -hmm. leading a team, 
that one, one of many examples that I, I give, but that one uh, makes them see how, oh, that makes sense. You know, men don't ask as many questions yeah. as women. And because women do ask questions, does not make them weak. No, no, absolutely not. In fact, I love it when, when people ask questions because I immediately understand that they care. Yes. And that's how I take it. But yeah, it's just, it's part of that, you know, it's, it goes back to those days of training. Like if you started a new job, you had somebody that was supposed to teach you what to do, right? And how to do it correctly. And if you didn't ask questions, they wondered what was wrong with you. Well, that never went away. We're constantly learning. If, even if you've been in the job for 20 years and you know what you're doing, it doesn't mean you don't have questions. That's the key. Right? You just hit so, the key to leadership, yeah. the listening. The, yeah. Don't be afraid to ask the question because it's a sign of respect for the person sitting across from you. Yeah, exactly. I love this. I love this. I think this is just the kind of, this is the thought evolution that I've gone through. And I love hearing it echo back that I'm headed in the right direction from someone I admire as an expert in the course of study. I, I think that when I first met you, you shared a couple of things with me and I was like, girl, don't, don't think that way. Think this way. And now, I mean, like, I don't know, has it been a year, two years? I'm not sure. But um, you are there. You are getting it done. You're getting it done with grit and grace. And it's just my yeah, honor to you. call you friend. I love watching you grow. Oh. oh, thank you. I owe you quite a bit of gratitude. That's for one sure. One of the things so that I wonder... you listen to me, one of the things that That's you need it. to know in being in my network is no one owes me. And if you feel you must do something, I ask for repayment in the way of helping others. So all I ask in return mm -hmm. is that, and you have, look at you, look at what you're doing. Wow. All I ask is that people, um, I have helped help someone else. Yeah, no, definitely. You, you gave me tools that I could use to help others and I've totally used them. And I, I credit you obviously. And I am very, very grateful for your friendship um, and the guidance and direction you've given me. You've been just over the top helpful. Thank you. All the time. It's I'm wonderful. Blushing. No, we I'm can't... Really... <laughs> it's audio only, but it takes a lot to make this Italian girl blush. And I'm blushing. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I'll put that as a feather in my cap for the day. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm wondering um, if you weren't doing this, what you're doing now, that you're clearly so passionate about, and you had no restrictions, and COVID didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you do for a living? Well, I mean, assuming you didn't have to actually earn a dollar. Yeah. Well, I'm not quite in that position, so... <laughs> But um, honestly, I took a huge risk by leaving the, you know, really sweet paycheck every two weeks to, to go out on my own and mm -hmm. do this. And I love it so much. Like I said earlier, it really taps into what, where my heart and my head are both revved up. Do you see what I'm saying? So honestly, mm -hmm. even if I had Bill Gates money, I would do what I'm doing now. I love it so much. It's, it feeds my soul. Yeah. I don't, I, I do need to get money. I do need to be paid. Otherwise my business is not sustainable. <laughs> However, I don't do things just for the money. I do things that make me happy, that make me feel full, whole and feel good, um, that change the world. I mean, the stuff that I've done in the little time that I've done it, if I might be so bold as to say 
um, has been pretty badass and has changed the world. I mean, I've had companies write to me to say they've changed their policies. I've had uh, people get promotions. I've had women go off and start their own businesses. I mean, when I get out there and I do either my keynote or my workshop, uh, the workshop is way more interactive, obviously, than a keynote would be. People write to me later and say, I've never heard of this before. Thank you for doing this. And that means more to me. The message means more to me than the money. Um, my husband hates yeah. to hear me say that. He's like, what? You know, but um, seriously, I'm one of those passionate people who um, my work has to have meaning, you know? Yeah. Oh, that resonates with me. And I can completely relate because I, I feel the exact same. Yes. Way. And you exhibit and it. Often my husband's like, look, <laughs> I coronavirus try. Time. Like, really? I've seen you kick I into know. gear. I mean, it's been incredible. I'm like, that's my girl. Well, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I mean, this is a, but see my perspective on this and I'm sure yours probably mirrors this, but my perspective is Right now is the time for those that aren't suffering with basic needs to take care of those who are. Yes. So what you just said is exactly what I meant by the message means more than the money. It's the passion around Mm. helping others, living in service to others. My purpose in life is to do that. I actually had to, I'm a giver. Okay. So I had to learn Mm -hmm. Uh, the difference between being a giver and a people pleaser, because there's a fine line. Oh, yes. Would not be taken advantage of uh, after a couple of lessons, hard learned mm-hmm. lessons. Um, but yeah, you have to set boundaries and respectfully set them and respectfully keep them. Um, you know, mm-hmm. even if no means no, not right now, or no, not today, maybe later, or, um, it's only fair to other people to be that way because they can't read your mind. So for example, if you need something from me and I want to help you, uh, a lot of people are inclined to say, yes, yes, yes. But I might be the one that says, yes, next Thursday at 2 PM, I can turn my attention to this. Mm -hmm. And that's fair. I'm setting your expectations. I'm not just saying no, because right now I can't help you, but I can help you next week. Some people just say no. Uh, But instead, I'm giving you not just false hope. It's not false at all. It's hope that, yes, we can talk about this next week at 2 p.m. So setting Mm -hmm. boundaries is very, very important. Communicating um, effectively is very, very important. This conference, and you were the keynote speaker and blah, blah, blah. So it's been very, very, um, how shall I say, life-changing to find out what my... Mm -hmm purpose in life is. And I think my purpose in life is lifting others. So it's been a really good experience for me. And I've been able to help companies, you know, rewrite their policies or engage in new practices or start new groups that support women in the workplace. Um, I teach about gender-based communications and in doing so people understand now how men and women communicate differently. And sometimes that leads to bias. And if you know how through the tools and tips that I give you, then you can create more equity in the workplace. So I'm really happy yeah. about where I've landed, other than that 50 pounds I mentioned. Hey, well, there's just more of you to love. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't you sweet? That's because you're my friend. You're a sweetheart and a good Southern girl too. So, <laughs> well, so I, I, so I, I admire you because I, I, I recognize the work that you're doing and the, 
the need for it and the way that you are so open about embracing everybody's differences and helping them to turn those into not differences that can be a negative or cause any kind of conflict, but something that can evolve an appreciation from one human to another. So how did you go from working in business to working on business? What a great question. So to, to give well, you, a, you a little more in-depth answer um, as far as tactics go, I decided to take what I was learning from interviewing and assessing needs of various internal and external clients. So let's just use the example of um, law firms. So I worked mm -hmm. with a lot of law firms and I've also worked in law firms. I've probably worked with 123 law firms and in three law firms. Um, that said, every human relationship for me begins the same. And that is listening uh, with intent, listening mm -hmm. to be, to, to listen, to, listen, to hear the under, other person, not to be heard. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a big difference. Yeah. Active listening yeah. is very, very powerful. And when you do that and you listen with empathy and not judgment, people will reveal their authentic selves to you. I have even had mega powerful litigators share with me their greatest vulnerabilities. Um, and people who've known them for 40 years wouldn't know the things that they've shared with me. And I've helped them to work through those and to learn to better communicate with their audience, whether it's, uh, you know, a person at the firm or a client or a broader audience, like, for example, an event uh, where they might be speaking or a conference where they're presenting. So the, the important mm -hmm. part, seriously, the number one leadership skill, there are many, and I teach transformational leadership skills, not hierarchical. Um, there are many, but the number one would be listening. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've struggled over the years with setting proper boundaries and then holding myself to those boundaries. I've gotten better, especially now that I'm working as, as a, as a entrepreneur, but it's definitely one of those things um, where it's been it a challenge. Do you think it has to do with our Southern upbringing? Entering the career field, like my first like actual career job out of college was working for the military. Oh goodness. You know, I talked a little be, bit about that and I think that's it true. could be. Um you know, I think for me it was just it was part, you know, that's an interesting perspective that that environment provides you as it guides you into how to be a career path focused. So I'm a military wife. Fresh out of college. So I'll tell you that I've never called myself that, but to gain perspective on the part of your audience I'll just say that so I'm married to uh, an 06 in the Navy and I didn't fall readily into line as such and for me um, having had a robust career before I married this man and one after uh, before during and after um, not that we're divorced he's still my husband but I'm just saying my perspective was one of <laughs> there's you Mike there's me Susan and then there's we us so I never, um, mm -hmm. you know, fell in line like I think some of the higher ups might have wanted me to, and maybe on occasion my husband too. <laughs> but um, I'll tell you what, it serves me well now working with military wives and husbands, people who are no longer in the military, but trying to transition to 
the civilian business life because, you know, even saying ma'am is hurting women in the workplace from getting the raises and the promotions and the titles they deserve. And I was raised in the South where, of course, as a child, I would say ma'am, sir Hmm. and ma'am. But now that I am a grown woman, I am a Mm -hmm. um, trusted advisor, a business partner. I would never walk into a law firm, look at their female managing partner and say, ma'am, if I did that, I'm automatically putting myself underneath her, which is the whole purpose of that ma'am and sir in the military to show deference and respect. But when I'm in the office and I'm the trusted advisor and I'm demanding um, certain pay for the value of what the work that I do, I need to be seen as worth it. Right. So that female yeah. managing partner would never look at me the same. If I called her ma'am one, it makes people feel old, older than they are Two, when they readily accept mm-hmm. that label or title, uh, the higher ups again, see that as mm, subconsciously a way that she's not quite where we imagine leaders should be. You know what I'm saying? That's There's a lot of psychology. interesting. And I oh, have yeah. never considered a that. Lot of that. There's a lot of psychology behind that. And, you know, I get a lot of pushback until people realize and listen uh, to the whole of the um, social sciences that backs this up and the impact on women not getting uh, viewed as the leaders they actually are and should be recognized as. So we talk a lot about that. This is oh, fascinating yeah. to Sarah me because... Help. I'm one of those people. I say sir and ma'am, not because I was a military spouse. You think but it's because polite. I it's polite. It shows respect to another person. Now until we're familiar and I call you honey or friend or lovely or oh, you know, goodness. buddy pal, whatever yeah. it is. You know, until and then but then it's you know, it's there's this familiar and unfamiliar. So if I am unfamiliar with you and we do not have a personal relationship and it's just a working one. I will, I've always retained that deference. Company, which I used to do, um, I was careful to use their first name, lower my voice an octave. Uh, There are things that I teach that women should do and engage in in order to be seen as the leaders they are and to be taken seriously in the way they should be taken. So we'll talk more. Um, I'm happy to share the stuff that I do um, with you offline and and because we come from a similar background oh, yeah. in many ways. Um, I was actually told mm-hmm. by the CEO of an yeah. $8 trillion company, T, trillion, okay? Uh, yeah, that if I oh, call him Mr. So-and-so one more time, I will be forever relegated to the get me a cup of coffee girl. So I learned um, if I'm going to have a wow. seat at the table and represent this $8 trillion in custody company at clients that I need to be able to say, you know, Jay, Bob, Mike, and hopefully if, if you and I are doing our jobs well and moving the needle, we'll eventually be able to say, Christy, Susan, Karen, Sally, you know, there'll be some mm-hmm. seniors in the, uh, senior women right. in those seats. This is fascinating. No, we definitely should, uh, you and I should talk more about that, but I'm also thinking this is a really good topic to address when you're speaking to Witty this year, assuming that it happens on schedule. <laughs> uh, <coughs> I, I think it would be very helpful because these are the some of these um, historical misconceptions that have never been addressed because we may not necessarily realize there's something that's a stigma oh, yeah. attached to it, which is 
a lack of education. You know, we haven't been disposed to the information. So I'm, I'm definitely thinking this is going to help a lot of people. When I give my session, I, I make certain that everyone there knows that this is something they know, you know, uh, and the same thing for women yeah. with these other behaviors um, that hurt them and they're, they're, you know, they're doing this. They're hurting themselves with these behaviors. It's mm-hmm. in fairness to them, something they didn't know. They didn't know. Now, that's what I mean by no excuses. It was a reason that you were behaving this way before. But now that you know, there are no mm-hmm. excuses to continue to behave that way. I mean, we've got to. Yeah. But you've got to also. Um, yeah you know, commit to walk in the walk. First, you have to understand, is this a vertically structured belief this person has, or is this a horizontally structured belief this person has? If it's vertically structured, good luck. I mean, nobody can change vertically structured beliefs. Only you can change your own. That might be something you learned from an authority figure, say your mom and dad or a preacher or a teacher Mm -hmm. uh, when you were young and you've just believed it all your life. So it's become ingrained Mm -hmm. in you. We look at religion. We look at politics. Those are things that we often um, that are vertically structured. You can't express exactly in a reasoned and reasonable manner why you present this way, but you present this way time and time Mm -hmm. again. Let's just use the example. Let's say you're a parent and you're um, not on board with LGBTQ rights and your child grows up and says, Hey mom, I'm gay. You know, only you can change your vertically. On that, Let's say your church always said that was no, no, or your parents told you the same thing. Then you immediately the next day say, gosh, I love my son as much today or my daughter as much today as I did yesterday. Nothing has changed. Why did I believe that? Why was it? So you change your own mind. So that's a rare exception when you can influence people. Mm -hmm. And I teach a class on art and science of persuasion and influence. This is when you can influence people, when their beliefs are horizontally structured. So it's the type of thing where you show them evidence, it's evidence-based, and they go, aha, I get it, which is exactly what we're talking about doing, showing them the evidence, and then they change their minds readily because you have influenced them. Um, yeah. And persuaded them with, see, with facts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course. No, it's not yeah. snake oil. It's not subtle difference, <laughs> but artful. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's an and, art, and you know, you have right? to have credibility and you have to have trust yeah. and you have to have some sense of, um, yeah. charisma, personal relationships, charm, you know, the ability, the likability mm-hmm. is what, what I'm looking for. The likability factor has to be there because I don't care how smart you are, how much, you know, where you went to school. If, if you're not likable or you're ugly to others, or I, there's something about you that turns me off. I won't, yeah. I won't go to you. I won't seek advice from you. I won't seek your account. It's just human condition, right? Yeah. So you got to be likable. Yeah, exactly. In the business world, if you want a seat at the table, None of that. If I'm meeting with, I don't know, I use Bob Ben Moshe of MetLife, but if I'm meeting, I'm just going to walk away from the information that you're giving yeah. me because yeah. I don't. But you like just hold you. your head high and walk away, and it's not a sign of weakness; it's a sign of strength. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because 
there are people where I'm like, I don't care that you didn't even finish high school. I genuinely like you. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. I'm going to take in yes. the information you're giving me. Because of the source. It doesn't there's matter. No, there's you're no right. connection it with can... the source. Um, yes, exactly. It's It's got to be that yeah. credibility, the likability, like you I said. I have about you five or six sessions. Head for sure. If you ever want to go over them um, with me, just you and me, I'm happy to... You know, and then if a light bulb goes off and she says, this is applicable to my group or this is of interest to the people I know, then we'll talk about mm-hmm. more, more of it, you know, a, a deeper dive, if you will. Absolutely. No, I'm honestly hoping that you'll get quite a bit of business out of Witty because that is the very, very long answer to yes. what would you do if you could do anything? <laughs> I know. But it's, I think it's so important and I really do. I mean, every fiber of me hopes that the, we take so many potential positives out of this current crisis because humanity is in this together. And if we don't learn how to be more human to each other after this, we've, we've it's pointless. It's pointless. We've learned nothing. So we better start learning. Yeah. And I, I'm often together. careful to, so people really? ask me, uh, so, so remember folks who are listening and you, Christy, that when we're communicating via text mm-hmm. and email, um, listening with empathy and not judgment doesn't always come across so readily. Uh, I'll be doing a talk on that too, how to listen with empathy mm-hmm. through digital means. But um, the point is that that can be difficult. So when people say, how are you? I'm almost reserved and reluctant to respond unless I'm on the phone with them, check, checking their temperature. Because frankly, mm-hmm. I have been working from home for two years now. It was such a horrific struggle for me for the first six months, partly why I gained all the weight. Um, it was, I'm a huge people person. I'm an ENFJ on the Myers-Briggs which means I thrive on personal relationships. Mm-hmm. So working from home proved to be quite a challenge that I've now mastered. I adapted and love it, but now I'm seeing some of my friends and colleagues struggle to make that transition. So when they ask me, how are you doing? How are you handling things during this COVID-19 crisis? I'm careful not to go, oh, I'm great. It's fantastic. This has been so good for me because that's seemingly heartless and mm-hmm. lacking empathy. Right, yeah, right. When so many so are struggling. So if I have them on the yeah. phone, I explain what I mean by that. Like, here are some tips and tools that I've used to become um, more successful in working at home. Maybe these will help you too. So that's that's important to note that, you know, the way we communicate via email and text is mm-hmm. totally or should be totally different than the way we communicate on the phone or in person. I think that the various courses that you teach and the, the various aspects that you approach to business, to help all people in business. Um, I think that there is, there's quite a few companies out there that are looking for it, can benefit it from it. And especially as we come through this process and we pivot the way yeah. that we do business as a culture, I think that there is going to be a lot more opportunity for people to just have It is time. I, it's too bad it took COVID-19 truly for build. that to happen, but it yeah. is time. So we, I was coaching a general counsel of a large global company just this week. And uh, just as a freebie, a friend like you, a friend of mine. And I said to her, mm-hmm. How, why are you uncomfortable working from home? And she said, well, I don't get up and put my suit on and I don't go into the city and I don't have my big office and 
I said, and do you miss those things? And she said, you know, now that I thought about it, I really don't. It's just what I'm used to. And so we talked about that. It's almost like um, being conditioned, like Pavlovian conditioned response where she's just accustomed to it. She actually hates it. She hates getting up and getting makeup on and getting dressed and putting heels on and fighting the traffic to get to the office every day. And I said, so this is about adaption. That is actually what Darwin said. He didn't say survival of the fittest at all. He said survival is afforded Mm -hmm. to those who can adapt. And that's what we're seeing happen right now during this crisis Mm -hmm. where people, um, in fact, you and I are going to host a session on that soon about working the new, new normal, you know, working from home, conducting business. What does it mean to be a good leader in this virtual workforce? Um, So we'll talk more about that. But yeah, it's, you have to really think, I take people to a third level listening place. Um, not just the surface, what we see and think to be true, not just their own subconscious and what they mm-hmm. see inside and think to be true, but don't share verbally, but go deeper and see why is that, you know, what are the hidden issues? Um, it's a lot of um, patience yeah. and a lot of third level listening on both parts. Yeah, absolutely. But I think you you really hit the nail on the head when you mentioned that it's, a, yeah, it's based on a personality type too. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Extroverts are suffering. And the funny thing is I, I can shift in either direction quite quickly. It's very weird because when it comes to getting stuff done, I'm very much of an introvert. I like to be alone. I like to be in my quiet space. I like to have nobody in my space. No disruptions, yes. interruptions. I'm I like same. to just work I, and I get it done. And my but the rest of but through writing in a journal, spending time alone, reading yeah. a good book, listening to the rain, or like uh, my husband and I joked yesterday. Yeah. 1000% on people. When we are in public, we are on. We are the kind of people that, that there's no, you know, there's no oh, dimmer yeah. switch. It's you are on when he, he's a public official and a CEO of a city. So he's got to be on. So when we come home, I, I understand yeah. when we want to go into our little cave for a little while and crack open a bottle of something and just, you know, yeah. sit and be. Um, and I often say this and maybe folks will appreciate if you remember nothing else. Um, there are two things I would like you to remember. One is that in this life, we have become human doings when really we were meant to be human beings. So just remember to be sometimes sit Mm -hmm. with the present, be in the present. Um, And the second thing that I hope people take away, um, and I tell this in every of my classes, is that regardless of the sender's intent, the receiver makes meaning of the message. So that's why, Christy, it's important that people do what you said you do earlier about getting feedback, asking questions, welcoming people to confirm whether they understood what you said the way you meant it or not, not just giving directions. That's the difference in transformational leadership and hierarchical. Mm -hmm. They dictate and they say, okay, I've delegated, now go and do what you need to do. But a transformational leadership encourages feedback from people at all levels, regardless of their position or pay grade. Mm -hmm. It's really important. Yeah, that's, I, I definitely understand. Yeah. Because I've seen both sides, you know, Um, and the more information 
and not just from from me coming from an employee perspective when I've been on the receiving end of the information, but as a leader giving the information and providing the direction. If I'm if I give them what I need them to do, and then I say, "Do you have any questions? Did I yeah, did I make that clear? Do, do, does it exactly. all make sense? Because in my head it made sense. Yeah, exactly." Because I never want somebody to feel yeah. like they're asking a stupid question. The stupid question is the one that sits in your head and That's rattles exactly around in right. there because you're the, afraid to ask the it. The stupid question is the <laughs> just, unasked Just ask question. it. Come out with it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm just loving this. And I think that there's so much value that your work brings uh, to the table as a whole just for people for human beings out there being and not just doing um but I want to know uh what would you what would you want the listening audience to that know I practice about what you? I preach you know I teach communications best practices not because um it was something I studied and wanted to tell others how to do or to engage in it's something it's who I am it's the things that I do come from the inside out mm-hmm. this is what I meant by I am, my head's in the game. Yeah. I think a lot of people in the corporate world can say, Hey, my head's in the game. I'm doing my job. I'm doing what my job description says. But in my case, my heart is in the game. My heart is in the game. I, yeah, that's a fantastic <laughs> well, you know, answer I have to, to tell that you, question. And I don't have my answers with me. Like I had written something totally different down for that, but that's the heartfelt, true, authentic, real raw me yeah. answer. So I don't even remember what I wrote down uh, because I think we rescheduled this, didn't we? Um, so I had prepared for this. Yes. <laughs> like a week yes. Or two ago. Um, so I don't even remember what I was going oh to gosh. say, but that came from, you know, the depths of my heart. Yeah. Exactly. The heart. Yeah. Well, I think it was a great answer because that's always my curveball question. Like, it's weird. Like, it's so kind of open-ended and random and it's kind of hard to answer. But I think it really oh, yeah. means a lot of humanity. When You know, what? one of the toughest questions in the world are, yeah. is to so, say, tell me about yourself. You know, when, when someone, it's like, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> what do you want to know? Anyway, you did a great <laughs> job as an interviewer. I know what that looks like. And you did a really, really great job. And your network is super, if they don't recognize it, and I know oh, they do because I've you. seen them um, give you big shout outs, but those who don't recognize it just haven't tuned in because you're, you're wonderful. Your hard work on behalf of others, your commitment to shining a light on other women in business, as well as men. And your drive and passion. And let's not forget your actual um, hugely talented, uh, you know, skill in marketing and PR and so forth. You're, you really got that. You know, that's really great. Super, super. Yeah. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I, 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 I'm like, I'm, I'm struggling a little past couple of days, got some sad news over the weekend and it really, really, I, that positive light well, hopefully it'll definitely pull you reaches through, my I'm heart tell you, so Christy, I appreciate it it's Thank gonna you. get worse before it gets better so hang on uh just sit with the moment you know don't know, try girl. to pretend the sadness isn't there because then one day you're gonna end up 60 pounds heavier like I did <laughs> maybe you know um but sit with it acknowledge yeah. it know that you know it, it's happening and and we'll get through this and those that don't it's just yeah. another 
um, yeah. part of this this life, this multifaceted, multidimensional, the journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, I mean, honestly, without the tribe of Woody women, and I can't for you, wait for you to meet every single one of them. It's just, that is, that is where I find my strength, you know, outside of the family. That is, I get the it. The rest of my they're like stability. Your, um, they're, it's wonderful. They're your Job's plant food. It's, <laughs> you know, they make you thrive. <laughs> <laughs> miracle grow that's what I was looking totally. for I was like miracle what is that <laughs> yeah I'm I like, think I that it's like miracle grow but they, you know yeah it's they, yeah but that was my point you got it for sure <laughs> that's funny oh my gosh I'm I've just loved every minute of this conversation and I've learned so much so I'm appreciative for you just giving me, you know, sharing your brain with me a little bit and, and opening up a little bit even more. Um, this has just been fantastic. So if people want to learn more um, about what you do and the kinds of ways that you can help their organizations or them professionally or personally. I try to how do you want people to my website because it says it best. It's pretty robust. Um, I do a lot of things, all with the end goal of creating equity in the workplace. So go to freemanmeansbusiness.com. And never mind that that sounds mafiosa, but <laughs> freemanmeansbusiness.com. <laughs> and on there, you'll find um, contact info at the bottom of every page is my email address, which is just Susan at freemanmeansbusiness.com. And then there are web forms. If you want to learn more, you can just fill it out. I'm happy to have phone conversations with folks, but start with email first. Perfect. And I'll be sure to put the link to your website and everything in your bio as well. You too. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in to Lawler Out Loud, Mixing Up the Maze. Oh my gosh. The pleasure is all mine. I'm so grateful to you for coming on the show. And I know that we're long overdue (laughs) because you were one of the first people I wanted to have on the show, but you know, you've got things going on. We all got things going on. So thank you for taking your time and dedicating it to my show. Hang in there and have a great day.